GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everybody to the Last Action Podcast. It is I, the Sphinx. And uh, LPJ's not here because I think he's in Jumanji. But we've got <laughs> with us... Hovercraft Joe, what up, Joe? Uh, what's up, Sphinx? How's it going? I'm doing great. I mean, we got we got LPJ stuck in that game. We don't have to worry about him. <laughs> hopefully, ever again. This is perfect, right? He'll find he'll find a way out. I have a feeling. Yeah, it might take 20 years, but but he'll, he'll come back eventually. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, and and joining us uh, for uh, our episode today, we have Jody with us. Jody, what's up, man? What's up, Sphinx? What's up, Joe? I'm ready to laugh. No LPJ. We can talk about a little bit of comedy. No one's going to hate on it. I'm lo- looking forward to it. Nice. 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 It's always, yeah, we can we can talk about action comedies. Another kind of, I would say, unofficial episode of the Laugh Action Podcast going on right now. Um, and also, uh, we should say we're here to talk about Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, which I would say it's the year of the sequel. This is kind of a spiritual sequel to the original Jumanji, right? Like, it's not Jumanji 2, but I mean, it's definitely supposed to take place in the same world as the original Jumanji, I would say, right? Absolutely. They bring up Jumanji. The yeah, there's a lot of references. I'd say yeah. sequel. Well, so it's the year of the sequel. That's what, that's what we're going to go with. Um, okay, so release date on uh, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle is December 20th, 2017. Uh, and as we usually start the podcast off, kind of what is everyone's background or, you know, what, what their history with this movie is. So, Sphinx, why don't you uh, go first? Yeah, I remember when we hearing about this movie coming out and it was one of those like, ugh, really, they're going to bring back this franchise. Um, but then I remember when it came out, like people were saying great things about it, that it was a lot of fun. It was funny. You had the rock like it was really you know, well done. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So my wife and I went and saw it in the theater and we, we loved it. Like it was fantastic. Like we thought it was hilarious. A lot of fun. Uh, but I will say like, I've seen the sequel to this movie. Was it the next level? I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Jumanji in the next level. Yeah. But I actually had not seen this movie since I saw it in the theater. Oh, wow. Uh, and then I actually, we, we picked it up on DVD because I'm still an old timer and like DVDs. Uh, <laughs> it came with the digital, so I have it digitally oh. as well. But yeah, it's only my second watch, but yeah. But really. Um, yeah, and, and Jody and I's is kind of a shared history with it because like. We saw this together. We did see it together because I, and I remember it clearly because we were, it came out in December and we were actually. Uh, at your house, we were, we were doing some. Was it Lauren's birthday? Lauren's birthday, yeah. And we were kind of trying. I thought we were trying to figure out what to do. And and Dave, former or frequent podcast guest, Dave had seen it. And it's like, yeah, it's really good. And we were all kind of like, yeah, we, we kind of want to see it. So we all went. Like LPJ was with us, and we all went and saw it. And it was like one of those rare things where we all got out of the movie. And we we're all like, yeah, we really like that. Like no one was like, everyone was like, that was a lot of fun, and there were some genuine laughs, and like we all had a good time with it. And. I, I am like the opposite of things because I've seen this so many times since I saw it in the theaters. Like I own it. I own the Blu-ray. I have a digital copy. But for a while, I had um, stars as part of my cable package. And this is on stars. And I would watch it all the time when it was on stars. It would just be like, oh, Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Zone. Just put it on and just have it on, you know. So I've seen this a ton. I, I haven't sat down and watched the whole thing in a while prior to the, the, the recording or for this episode, but um, I definitely seen it a ton. Any, anything else you want to add? I, I kind of stole your thunder. Sorry, Jody. Thanks a lot, Joe. Um, <laughs> no, I, I was asking Lauren yesterday. I was like, did we see this for her birthday? She's like, I don't know. I was like, I think we did. I think Dave might've bullied us into it. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if he bullied us. I think we were just trying to think of something to do and this is out. And he's like, guys, it's really good. And I think we all were kind of like a little interested in it. And then, 
we win. But yeah, yeah. it definitely was with because and I've seen it a lot on TV. We've watched it as a family now. My daughter's watched it. She enjoys it. Um, now, my I, wife always makes us watch the first one. So well, that, <laughs> that's what I was going to ask next. So you know, the like originally, like I said, like I didn't know how I felt about it when I heard that it was coming out. But as a kid, I loved the first movie. I mean, I was I think ten or eleven when the first movie came out, and it was just like at the right age, at the right time. Like I watched that first one over and over and over and <laughs> over again. Like I was obsessed with that movie as a kid. Um, do you two any like? Obviously, you you're both older than me, so maybe that movie was kind of past your I, level of enjoyment. I'm just curious. I mean, it, it, the original one came out in '95. I mean, I definitely remember seeing it. I think I saw it in the theaters, but I, 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 I definitely, I don't think I have the kind of like attachment to it. That some, I don't think it's a bad movie, but it's probably one that I've seen a handful of times, but it's not like a staple of viewing. But again, like you said, I was probably like 15 when it came out. So it could be kind of, you miss that window when things are, I've definitely seen this one way more than the original. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. I say the same thing. I remember seeing it, not thinking it was bad, but not thinking it was like, oh, man, I just want to go watch that again. Until this movie came out, the thing I thought about when I thought about Jumanji was the Simpsons episode. <laughs> Homer standing on, on top of a car and they're surrounded by animals. He's like, uh-huh. I know what to do. Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> and he throws, throws the peanuts at the rhinoceros. Yeah. Um, do you guys think, um, and I didn't read anything that stated this, but obviously this movie... Uh, was made after Robin Williams passed. But do you think like if he was still alive and they made this, do you think he would have had some kind of like cameo or role or something in it? Do you think at all? I don't, he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. I don't think he would have shown up in my opinion. I mean, I know know they, I read, they said they wanted to do a little bit of a tribute to him, which they did, which they do. Yeah. But I, I'm just curious. I just wonder if, like, because you, you never know how long it takes these movies to plan. So I don't know. I mean, there may have been, this may have been the worst. There may have been a version that had him in it, and it was a completely different movie, and then he passed, and they, they changed it. Who knows? I guess yeah. that's all speculation. And I, I also, just... I don't know how Robin Williams felt about the movie that he did. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. when, like, you've seen other actors or actresses come back with, like, a redo, usually it's a movie that they're, like, were close to or enjoyed. So, I mean, maybe yeah. it, maybe if he liked doing the film, you know, he might want yeah. to hop in, but I guess. guess yeah, not yeah. sure. But, to say. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's go through the numbers on this thing. Uh, budget of $90 million. Uh, domestic gross, $404 million. And a worldwide gross of $962 million for this movie. So, like, an unbelievable success for this this movie it's huge a huge movie like 962 million dollars worldwide that's wild did you happen to see how much it made the first week i didn't see that was it i saw it was like only like 36 million yeah and i think i think is kind of low for how much it made overall well i think think what we were just talking about i think may may be it is that Kind of like a John Wick, I think it kind of started to gain like a reputation. Like mm-hmm. this movie actually isn't half that bad, and then I think people started to come and see it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this was like a word of mouth thing. I think people were like, "What? What is this? Like a sequel to Jumanji?" And people like had weren't sure about it, but then I think people started to see it, and I think it started to kind of snowball where it was like people see it, and then you're like, "Oh, you know what? This is actually legitimately good." And then you would tell people, and then you'd go see it. So I, I definitely think that's the case. It probably was a slow burn, but because I would um, say also, like, you know, The Rock is now the biggest action star in Hollywood today. But like, this movie's already what four years old, five years old almost. Like, I think he was just starting to grow into the star that he is today. So, and this may have even been one of the first ones to really bring him back up into the stratosphere. Yeah, this this is probably one of his. I mean, like he I, I, previous to this, I think you know he would have been in the uh, one or two Fast and Furious movies. Um, but you know, this is like you said. I think this is one of the ones that kind of launched and solidified him as like a bankable huge star. I mean, not that he's the only bankable star in this movie, obviously. Yeah. Um, Kevin Hart at this point too is was right. super super popular. 
Um, so the Rotten Tomatoes on this is 76%, which is pretty high uh, if you think about like what this movie is. I mean, that that's pretty high. And the audience score is 87%. So uh, pretty high all around. Um, so top grossing movies of 2017. Um, number one, you have uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. You have uh, number two, Beauty and the Beast, the, the live action one, and number three, Wonder Woman. And this movie, uh, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, actually was the fourth highest grossing movie of 2017. Now, this is wild, too, because, like, uh, Jody, you're apparently a, a big fan of 2017 movies because, listen to this, other movies that we've done in 2017 are number six, Spider-Man Homecoming. Jody was on that episode. Number eight, Thor Ragnarok. Jody was on that episode. That's crazy. Real quick, real quick. It's crazy that this movie beat both of those films, by the way. It is, right? <laughs> uh, number 33, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. You were on that episode, Jody. And then uh, number 35, you weren't on. That was John Wick, Chapter 2. Uh, so, kind of, That's I was surprised. Beyond for your Beauty and the Beast episode. <laughs> I like how you pick that and not Wonder Woman. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I was surprised. I always forget that this is a, I'm like, oh, we, we hit this year quite a bit. And there's some dang good movies that came out in 2017. Like Ragnarok and Homecoming are two great Marvel movies. This movie's great. Like as far as DC movies, Wonder Woman's good. So John Wick Chapter 2 is great. Great year, 2017. Star Wars Episode 8. Not my favorite Star Wars movie though, but you know. No. No, what I don't. Do? You can't win them all. It is oh. a sequel, but I don't. I don't want to do that one for the year of the sequel. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be weird though? That would be our. Uh, that would be our thing. Like, well, how are we going to cover the uh, Star Wars movies? We're going to start with Episode Eight. <laughs> wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be bonkers? That's the of all the Star Wars movies, we start with that one. Let's change. Let's start recording that. And then put that out. LPG, LBJ will be stoked. Um, okay, so uh, director of this movie is uh, Jake Kasdan. Yep. Um, son of Lawrence Kasdan, right? Uh, yep. I think he's from here in... He is from Detroit. Michigan, yep. is that yep. correct? He's from Detroit, yeah. Uh, uh, you know what's funny is that... Um, <laughs> I'm looking at my notes, and I meant to write down... That like, oh yeah, he directed uh, Walk Hard, and he directed Orange County, but for some reason in my notes, I just wrote Orange County twice. <laughs> <laughs> Good I work. I don't know why. But, um, which, yeah, Orange County, but like, you get the connection with Jack Black, and uh, your uh, Colin Hanks appearance, both in uh, Orange County, which is not a very good movie, except for that scene where Jack Black's talking to Ben Stiller, talking about why the building caught on fire. That is, will forever be funny. Um, so this movie, uh, had four writers, apparently Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, Scott Rosenberg, and Jeff Pinkner. Look at that. No, no, no mess ups on those pronunciations. Um, I I don't have anything about them except that they wrote this movie. I don't, I don't know if you got anything. Um, it's looking like, uh, Chris McKenna co-wrote the new Spider-Man movies. As well as oh, uh, right. Ant Man and the Wasp, not the first Ant Man. Um, so yeah, and the Lego Batman movie. So he's got some pretty good titles, especially with the MCU there. Um, yeah, big year for him if he helped write Spider Man Homecoming and this. Yeah, that uh, it looks like Chris um, McKenna was also, or I'm sorry, Eric Summers was also responsible for those three movies, uh, Lego or those four movies, uh, Lego Batman. Homecoming, Far From Home, and then this one, and then they're doing No Way Home as well. So, oh, they must be must be writing partners. And so, um, so yeah, and then the music by Henry Jackman. Uh, I mean, it was fine. I don't really have anything specifically to say about the score of this movie. I, I think it was fine. No, I will say I <laughs> jungle last. Yeah, I will say I had no idea that Jumanji was a children's book. Yeah, I guess I didn't know that either. It's, it was like it came out in like 1981 or something. Yeah, so I think I get it from the library. Yeah, you should. I know. I recently got my daughter the book that Shrek was based on. Oh, okay, it was weird. <laughs> I guess I didn't know it was based on a book. So yeah, I'd be curious. It's like a picture book, but 
just just for the sake of knowing, I'd be curious like if these movies have anything to do with that book at all, but eh, maybe one day. <laughs> um okay. So cast, uh we already talked a little bit about it, but you got uh uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson playing Spencer and uh Dr. Smolder Bravestone. <laughs> um uh Karen Gillen, she's Martha slash uh Ruby Roundhouse, uh, Kevin Hart as Fridge slash uh, what is what is his uh, Mouse Finbar? Yep. Um, and Jack Black is Bethany, and what is he? He's Doctor Shelley uh, Oberon, Oberon like you. like the tasty yeah. beer. Uh, and, and Nick Jonas as uh, Alex slash uh, Seaplane. Yep. McConaughey. McDonough. McDonough. Yeah. <laughs> Um, other people of note, uh, Bobby Cannavale, he plays uh, Van Pelt, like the, the main villain of this. Uh, I like uh, Reese Darby as Nigel in it. He's really funny. Oh, which um, Bobby Cannavale is an Ant-Man, so that makes sense that they pulled him from for this movie, too, since he knows the writers and all that. Yeah, definitely could be the case. Right, because he's, uh, he's the cop in Ant-Man, isn't he? He is, yeah, 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 yeah he is. Um yeah, uh, so a lot of lot of famous people in this. Um, ready for some net worth? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's start off with uh, Karen Gillan. What do you guys think for Karen Gillan, uh, Sphinx? I mean, she's Nebula. He got that MCU money. But then besides that, I think it's probably just these two Jumanji movies. I'll say uh, $20 million. She's got that sweet, sweet on a couple seasons of Doctor Who money. So oh, I didn't, that. I didn't know. She also has that Stuber money. <laughs> the movie I watched on a plane. It's not good. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna go with 15 million. Uh, you guys are both overshot. It's only two million dollars for oh, wow. uh, for Kira Gillen. So um, okay. maybe she spends it on cocaine. Maybe, Got probably it. not, but maybe. Uh, <laughs> next up is uh, Nick. Jonas, he's got that sweet, sweet being in the Jonas Brothers money. So what do you guys think, Jody? What do you think for uh, Nick Jonas? Uh, Nick Jonas, he made a lot of money writing a song for the movie Ferdinand. (laughs) (laughs) You did your homework, I see. Uh, No, I've seen that movie, I think, three times in the theaters. Oh, okay, well. Nick Jonas, super fan. fan. (laughs) Yeah, 35 million. See, I feel like musicians are always, I mean, I don't know how much you'd say the Jonas Brothers is a musician, but I feel like music artists are always high. I'm going to say like 80 million. Close. Very, very close. Makes it $70 million for uh, Nick Jonas. Uh, Jack Black. Uh, what do you think about Jack Black, Sphinx? Uh, Jack Black is probably doing pretty well. I'd say, well, I'm going to say 80 again, actually. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Jody? Well, he probably made a lot of money on in Orange County. <laughs> that scene, <laughs> I watch it on YouTube all the time. I just showed it to my daughter like a week ago. It's so funny. It makes me laugh every time. Burn this place to the ground. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with 90 million. Uh, 50 million dollars for Jack Black. 50 million. So, uh, okay. Uh, two left, Kevin Hart. What do you think about Kevin Hart, uh, Jody? Kevin Hart. I think he probably has quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been in a lot of movies that Dave's made us rent. <laughs> also, I was like, he was in two episodes of Modern Family. <laughs> so I'm going to go $150 million. Okay. Uh, I'll say $100 million. Uh, $200 million for, Wow. Uh, yeah, $200 million for Kevin Hart. And finally for, uh, I guess I'm just supposed to call him Dwayne. Johnson, but I'm going to call him Dwayne The Rock Johnson. What do you think? Uh, he's been on the, we've covered his uh, net worth a couple of times, but what do you think, uh, Sphinx, for Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Uh, I'll say 250. Okay. Well, I, Kevin Hart, you said was 150? No, he was 200 million. 200 million? So The Rock's twice as big as Kevin Hart, so I'm going to go with 400 million. That is great. Sound logic because it is four hundred million dollars for Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Wow. Uh, okay, and then finally, uh, two taglines for this movie. One, 
okay, one not so okay. The first one, kind of like, it's the game has evolved. Okay, the game has evolved. Not bad. I like the next one better. What, you mean landing this Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> That's the best tagline since when we did National Treasure, and it was from the producers of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> landing this Christmas? It doesn't even, there's no landing. I mean, I yeah, guess we were in I, a helicopter scene, but I mean, I, 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 I mean, if I, well, I guess when to, they drop down, they land. That, that, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like, I guess maybe that they're like. I mean, there's nothing the to sky. do at Christmas. Well, um, I don't know. I is was this gonna, a Christmas movie? This then? might be a Christmas movie because it is Christmas time. If you look when they're walking in the neighborhood and all the Christmas it is, and at the end, out. at the end, Colin. Oh, Hanks they have the Christmas Christ- tree. Christmas tree on top of his. So. Yeah, I mean, I by what LPJ tells us, this is a freaking Christmas movie. <laughs> what, pull, bust it out on Christmas Eve and watch it. You heard it here first. Uh, breaking news on the We're last We're about six months too early to do this episode, though, so bank it. <laughs> we, 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 our turnaround is pretty fast these days. We can't really bank well, it. Well, remember, though, Die Hard came out in July, but LPJ still says that that's a Christmas movie, so <laughs> maybe this is the right time to cover this film still. Yeah, that's true. Um and I, I don't, I mean, like, LPJ is in here, so, I mean, we don't, I mean, like, role reversal. But I don't know if you guys saw this. This is really interesting to me. This is, like, the one role reversal that I saw that was very interesting to me, that they said that uh, Tom Holland, did you see that? He's, he was originally cast as Seaplane McDonough, but had to drop out of the film because of, like, scheduling conflicts with making Spider-Man Homecoming. So then they cast Nick Jonas, which I was like, I could probably see Tom Holland in this role. I think I think he could pull it off. Especially now that he is Nathan Drake for Uncharted, which is the video game movie he's doing, which is a very similar yeah. role. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I feel like that fits perfectly. But I think I Jonas thought- did fine, though, to be honest. Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 I will say, like, obviously, I've already said that I like this movie, but I think everybody in this movie is great. I think especially the four main cast members, like, I... I don't have any issues. I like all their performances. And like, I, I think it's like a very, it's a very interesting thing they have to do where they kind of have to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just very, a, a very interesting concept that they have to play basically these adult versions of teenagers and kind of how they work that into their performances. Like, especially Jack Black. He does so good in this. He's movie. amazing. Jack yeah. Black is, I, I, yeah, he, he, <laughs> he is hilarious in this movie, but even like, I mean, yeah, it, I think you're spot on. Like they just, it doesn't seem like it would work to have these four actors do what they're being asked to do, but mm-hmm. it does. It works. Like they have such great chemistry together. So. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, it's kind of wild. Uh, one of the, um, you know, sometimes I like to pull these random or the most like interesting quote unquote, they're not really interesting facts from uh, IMDb. This one was that they said out of respect for wildlife, the animal skin wardrobe worn by Van Pelt's goons were made from synthetic materials. So good news, they didn't actually kill a bunch of rhinos and make vests out of them for this movie. So I can sleep softly tonight <laughs> knowing that that happened. Um, so uh, before we get into this, does anyone have anything else they want to mention before we start kind of going through the plot of this? Or is everyone good to kind of get into it? I'm good to go into it. Yeah, let's roll. Okay. So the movie starts off in 1996, which is a year after the uh, original movie was set. Um, the the board game from the first movie uh, is just chilling on a beach, right? And this guy is going for a run on the beach, and he sees it, and he picks it up, and he takes it home. Cut to his son's bedroom. Uh, wait, I Jody, you got something? <laughs> I don't remember. How did the where did the get board game end? The first movie. Do you guys remember? I, I think that they it, it does wash ashore at the end of the first movie, but I think it, in the first movie they pick it up and it's like people in like speaking French or like some kind of foreign language pick it up. So it doesn't a hundred percent match up with this. I if think. well, if I remember right, I think they throw it in the I think they throw it in the water at the end of the movie, but then at the very very end of the movie, like it it does come up to a beach because the drums go. Yeah, I feel like that sounds. I okay. mean, gr- I just couldn't remember. I think that's what happens. I think that um, when they're older, Robin Williams and then the, the, the girl that he ends up hooking up with, I think they throw it into some body of water. I think that's okay. how it went. I, and I haven't seen the original in a long, 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 long time. 
No, I really wanted to see it leading up to this just because I was curious, but I, I couldn't find it anywhere. So, oh, so uh, I, I'm sure that uh, Jody appreciated that uh, he was the the kid was playing Twisted Metal in his uh, um... yeah, yeah. I think that was one of my first PlayStation games I got. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay, I love this movie, but I do have a little bit of an issue. So the dad gives him the board game. He looks at it. He's like, "Nah, this is a board game. This is stupid," and like puts it on a shelf. It magically turns into a video game overnight and the kid's like this is fine like why why doesn't it seem (laughs) weird to him that this thing that he knows was a board game that he opens it up and it's not a board game anymore it's a video game cartridge because he's a metalhead and and why with this metallica which i don't even think metallica was that cool by 1996 but what do i know and what what like what was this video game system? It looked like a cartridge, but then it looked like he stuck it in like an Atari machine. That I didn't get because he's clearly playing a PlayStation because he's playing Twisted Metal. But then he's also got the Atari twenty six hundred there that he pulls out and puts the cartridge in. I don't it know. puts yeah. like a and or a Super NES game. It kind of looked like yeah, yeah because because like what I gather from it is that the the game just turns like, it doesn't turn into the system. It just turns into the cartridge. Like he opens the box and the cartridge is there, and he just. Puts it in a random video game. Anyways, I mean, listen, there, there's a lot going on. So this is <laughs> the thing to get stuck on. But when you've seen it as many times as me, like you just kind of wonder about that. Okay. <sighs> so then we cut ahead to, uh, oh, um, the kid starts to play the game and he gets, you see, you see the outside of the house and all these green lights and it's mysterious. So that's 1996. We cut ahead to the modern times. We're introduced to our four main teenage characters. Spencer, Fridge, Bethany, and Martha, which I have to say, uh, did you see that the guy that played Fridge is actually 30 years old? So <laughs> older That's than Nick hilarious. Jonas at the time. <laughs> yeah, that is wild. Like, like he does, I mean, he doesn't necessarily look like a high schooler, but I never would have been like, yeah, that guy's 30 years old. Like, that's super old um, for playing a high schooler. Um, okay. So we're. <laughs> we're introduced to all the characters. I kind of get a little background on them. Um, yeah, Spencer's like a kind of like a nerd, kind of like a loner. You know, he, I think he mentions that he just stays home and plays video games all the time. You know, I think yeah. it, it warps into he's playing like a PS4. Yeah, you know. he's playing. He's playing like Street Fighter, and yeah. like Fridge is like his big thing. He's on a football team, and it kind of seemed like his mom was giving him a lot of hard time about staying on the football team. Like you can't get kicked off that football team. Yeah, they used to um, be Spencer and Fridge used to be best friends, but now Fridge kind of uses him for school. yeah to write this like the school paper and like uh, and like Bethany is kind of like this like really like cool girls into herself or introduced her and she's like taking pose pictures for Instagram and all this stuff. And like Martha's kind of that like shy, but like really like uh, opinionated, like kind of like smart girl. I don't know how you describe her, but yeah, I like um, a female nerd too, in a way. Cause she's super obsessed with grades and all that. Yeah. So we're introduced to all of them. Uh, and like you said, like Spencer and Fridge used to be best friends before they got into high school and they weren't anymore. Uh, they all end up getting in detention for various reasons. Like Martha yells, gym teacher, uh, Bethany's talking in her phone. <laughs> I do class. love that scene. Like just, you know, being a teacher, like that's not that far away from like what some kids really do. Cause they're just so oblivious, but I like to how, well, how she's like, this is in the middle situations- of the test. <laughs> I, I, you I like understand all those situations you feel could happen. Actually, you're at, yeah, absolutely. All of those things. Could I, I, I like when, uh, she's cause she's like, uh, like uh, FaceTiming with someone in the, in the, the first two phase. I was like, Hey, there's some rando <laughs> <laughs> and it's the teacher. Um, but he, well, here's the thing. Let me ask you this. If, if, if it is something that like, cause like, cause like Spencer and uh fridge get in trouble. Cause like, they're like, Oh, you, you wrote this paper for him. But like, as a teacher, like, do you think that she would really remember, like, do you, do teachers really remember papers like that? Where she's like, I remember you used this line in your paper that you wrote on this. Like, I was like, I don't know if the teacher would remember from a year ago. I feel like teachers probably flush all that stuff out immediately. I will say, I mean, number one, no. Like, I have 150 students a year. I'm not going to remember, I don't even remember half their names after the year they're gone. (laughs) Spoiler alert for any of my kids that listen to the podcast, because some do. But (laughs) I just don't know. I would say if it sounds familiar, though, like, you might be able to, like, look up 
like some words and you might if you if it was like digitally submitted you might be able to hunt it down that's a lot of work though like i feel like what would be more realistic is i'd be like this kid clearly did not write this here's a d <laughs> yeah move on. yeah like go from there but anyway uh, but yeah, so they end up all getting detention. Um, Jody, uh, the the principal played by, I can't think of the actor's name, but Captain Holt's uh, husband. Yeah, it was Nine Kevin. Nine. Yeah, Kevin. He, he's also in Brooklyn Night or in uh, Parks and Rec as a lawyer. Oh, yeah, he's the lawyer oh, that's in right. Parks and yeah, Rec. That's, that is. <laughs> what did I tell you about that accounting crap? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I do have a note that says, like, a teacher's going to remember all these papers a kid wrote. Um, I will say, too, you cannot give out any sort of manual labor during detention either. So the fact that he throws them in, like, this closet and tells yeah. them they have to unstaple all those magazines. Yeah, they take them down to the room. Do take them down to a room and they're like, hey, we're going to turn this into a uh, computer room. Uh, but we need to get rid of all these magazines and you have to have the staples taken out. So like start taking the staples out. Um, In the closet, it's a real Mike Leach situation. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Good what Lord. A, what a, what a pull. Uh, for... Wow. Good, good reference, Jody. Um, so they're down there. They find the Jumanji game. Apparently it was donated. Uh, they hook it up. And they all get sucked into it. But here's my question about the Jumanji game. So it's designed to be a five-player video game? <laughs> you know, all those classic five-player video games. Yeah, on the second watch, I was also kind of like, wait a minute. Because they did make the reference that, like, one of the characters was taken already. So yeah. that was going to obviously come in later. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, it also looked like in the beginning, too, that there were only two controllers out inputs but then it yeah became well that, four, that's what i'm but... saying it's like i just don't understand it's like was this that's game just just... keeps morphing it does because <laughs> i'm like because i'm like okay i could see it's like there's five characters to choose from but then they kind of imply when you're watching the movie that you need to have all five of them at the same time so anyway again this nitpicky <laughs> stuff like why did why did alex get sucked into the game when he just entered one person and then oh that's true right I, and yeah, then I, years later it's a good call uh, i don't know uh so they all so they all turned into their like video game avatars that we talked about like spencer becomes the rock he's smolder gravestone um kevin hart who is ugh, sorry i'm good fridge fridge, fridge. fridge becomes kevin hart who, who's uh mouse finbar who's like kind of like a you guys know what kevin did hart you guys like. see when it said mouse and he's like moose I was like, that <laughs> clearly says mouse. Did none of them know how to read? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's true. Um, I guess you need it for the joke. Uh, Martha becomes that might fit Karen the character Gillen. too, because you know he doesn't exactly seem smart. So uh, Martha becomes Karen Gillan, who's Ruby Roundhouse, killer of men, and uh, Bethany becomes Jack Black, who is Doctor Shelley Oberon, who I think is billed as the curvy genius <laughs> yeah the curvy genius <laughs> which is kind of funny so so they're all turned into that they're kind of figuring out what's going on i, I love it like, right? i was gonna say i love oh, it when when the rock comes down and he immediately gives his eyebrow look yeah <laughs> like he just starts off with classic rock like just kind of like yeah. looking around. And, he, and he and he will give the rock bottom at a certain point <laughs> in this movie too yeah um so and, and uh so we start off with that great scene where jack black gets eaten by the uh, hippo <laughs> That's kind of a, a real like violent death too. He gets like snatched and like they're like it, it's really funny and like unexpected because it happens like right when they show up in Jumanji. But that's when like he gets eaten and we see him like fall down from the sky and he's back and he's fine. So like and that'll be explained a little bit more a, as the movie goes on. It's like Spencer immediately puts it together. Oh, we're inside the video game. I was like, he came to that really quick. <laughs> yeah, it is true. I guess for the sake of moving the movie along, he had to have that uh, realization pretty fast. But he's like, I think we're the characters we picked in the game. Like, like I don't know. If I did that, I'd be like, I probably had a stroke. Like, this isn't real. I'm not going to think that I'm in the video game. But um, so they run into Nigel, uh, who's a non uh Playable, playable character, yeah, non-playable character, NPC, which non-player character, which is really funny because he's ex he explains the plot of the game and kind of the plot of the movie to him. But I just like that because he it like a, a non-player character and he can only respond to certain things, so he keeps like 
saying the same stuff like over and over again. And uh, I like when he, he's the one that points out that it's Mouse Finbar and he's like, because of his diminutive stature and all this stuff. I mean, it's really funny. I, I, I like uh, his little bit. And then they, like when he explains to him about the jewel getting stolen and everything, like they have to go into the cutscene of the game and they're like, what's going on? He's like, oh, I think it's a cutscene. Um, and, and that's when we're introduced to Bobby Cannavale's character, Professor Russell Van Pelt. His whole thing is that he wants to find this Jaguar jewel. Um, and, and like he convinces Ni- he convinces Nigel to take him to it. And he, he takes the jewel and it, a curse falls over Jumanji. Uh, so their whole thing is that they got to they gotta return the jewel to uh, the statue. And for some reason, like the curse gives Bobby Cannavale like dominion over animals, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I do yeah. like I do like in and the a next... wonky eye, yeah, <laughs> and like bugs and shit crawling all over him all the time. Yeah. I do like in the next scene where they like they like hit their chests to like read their stats. Yeah, and it's just funny because uh, like the rock has like this smoldering intensity, so it well, always like he starts like talking like yes, that's exactly what we need to do. Well, <laughs> it, like, well, it's also lot. funny. It's also funny too because for the. Uh, for the rock, it says, uh, it says weakness, zero weaknesses. He has <laughs> yeah. no weaknesses listed. And like on Jack Black's, uh, like it's like cartography and all this stuff for like skills. And one of his weaknesses is endurance. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then Kevin Hart's, <laughs> Kevin Hart's is the funniest because for his weakness, it says speed, strength, and cake. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, strength is a weakness. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, it, it too. It like really... it's 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 creative because like what they obviously do is you know the 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 kids when they're the high schoolers obviously their roles are completely reversed. So it's just you know it's just an interesting way to to play it. You know like obviously Fridge, who's this huge like two hundred and seventy pound football player, now has to be little scrawny Kevin Hart. And then just seeing him try to deal with yeah. it throughout, you know, throughout it is awesome. And then little geeky Spencer is now like awesome kick-ass The Rock. And then like we <laughs> mentioned earlier, you know, just yeah. having having the actors of The Rock and Kevin Hart like try to act that way is a lot of fun. And I, it is well, it's so well Well, yeah, because we're... Well, yeah, because, like, right at this point is, like, when they figure out what they got to do and they got to beat the levels, that's where he kind of gives, like, that inspirational speech. And then he's, like, he's, like, kind of standing by himself, like, staring off. And he's, like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> and every time, so like, like, a it's, bug. It's really funny. And every time there's, like, a bug or a bird, like, he's always, like, 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 like jumps every time he sees an animal. <laughs> yeah. It's just little things yeah, like that. It, it's funny. really well done. So they basically figure out, they're, like, well, we got to complete, we, we got to complete the game to to, to get back to the real world. So they have to go through all the levels. Uh, they're, they're immediately, they're set upon by these guys in motorcycles. For some reason, that's the main mode of transportation for the bad guys in this movie in the jungle. With rocket motorcycles launchers. With rocket launchers. I, I think it's really funny how they illustrate how fast the rock is compared to everyone else because they're all <laughs> running and he just like flies by them at like a million miles it's an like hour. The, that's that. like Captain America running past Falcon. Yeah, it's true. He's like on your left. On your left. Um, so you know, there's there's kind of a fun action sequence where they escape the motorcycles. Uh, they jump off a cliff. Uh, Karen Gillan's character it turns out that she had gotten shot by the motorcycle guys, but then she comes back to life, and that's when they kind of discover that they all have like these tattoos on their arms. They're like three marks, but they're life. So they all have three lives in the game. Uh, you know, and, and when they die and come back, they lose one of the tattoos. And then I, love I really it. liked when oh, go ahead. Oh, the go ahead. Rock was carrying Kevin Hart on his back. <laughs> <laughs> that was. I also I was like, really it, just, it just made me laugh every time <laughs> they pop up. I love the yeah. next scene too, where um, Jack Black's character has to go to the bathroom. And oh, since, it is, and since it is it's hilarious. Bethany, like she, she's like, show me how to use this thing. <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, like yeah. the first of three penis references. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, it, it's really funny though because like they're about ready, they're gonna head off, and Kevin Hart's like, oh, I gotta pee before I do this, and like he's like, oh thank God, I've been dreading this all day. <laughs> I have to teach him how to pee, and like I like at one point he's like, 
he's like when he's peeing, he's like, Martha, come look at this. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no. <laughs> he's like, there's literally yeah. a penis attached to me. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, I, I think he says, like, it's insane. It's literally insane that I'm not Instagramming this. <laughs> but yeah, no, that is, that is really funny. Uh, cut back to Bobby Carnavale. He's upset. There's bugs, like, crawling out of his mouth and stuff. It's really weird. Uh, we get some more tension between Spencer and uh, Fridge. They're kind of arguing, like, Fridge is blaming all of this on him. And he's like, oh, you got stuck in a video game because of me. And, like... Uh, he pushes the rock off a cliff and he dies and comes back, which is like kind of intense. But, you know, then they get to the bazaar. I love the rations guy. Rations, get your rations. So like uh, uh, Jack Black runs up and is like, oh, and starts eating what he says. is like, oh, it's bread. He's like, I haven't had bread in so long. So Kevin Hart's like, oh, let me try it. And he eats it and it turns out it's cake and it's one of his weaknesses. And he's like, oh, he's like, I probably just like, I probably just have to not eat it because I'll eat too much of it, blah, blah, blah. And then he literally explodes. <laughs> and it is so funny. Like it works every time. But I remember laughing so hard the first time we saw it because it's so unexpected. He just literally eats the cake and then blows up. <laughs> It's really funny. And then I, I love on uh, when he comes back and like they're talking to the rations guy is still doing it. He's like, shut your ass up or something. Because <laughs> the guy's still doing his like rations bit. Uh, that 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 really makes me laugh. I like um, when he's eating the cake too. He double checks. He's like, am I still black? <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right. <laughs> um, so then there's a bit where the, the, they take him to this basket and they're like, oh, you got to work to get inside. Uh, and there's like a black mamba snake in there, and they think that they think they had to beat it with a staring contest, which doesn't work, which is kind of funny. Uh, but Jack then, Black, like, like, I was built for this. <laughs> <laughs> but then it turns out that like, because uh, one of Kevin Hart's strengths is that he's a zoologist, so he has to like defang the snake, and they find like an elephant like statue in there carving with the thing that says, "When you see this, begin to climb" or whatever. I think is what it says. Yeah. Um, okay. So then they run into Bobby Cannavale's goons. I love it. It's really another really funny sequence is when The Rock or Spencer as The Rock learns that he's like really strong and it's just like beating the crap out of the guys, like uppercutting guys and they're flying like through the roof bizarre and stuff like that. It is really funny. But bizarrely, he like breaks one guy's neck in that fight, which I thought was a little intense for this movie. He just like <laughs> cracks the guy's but neck. But he calls out all the moves just like he was at the beginning oh, playing Street yeah. Fighter. Yeah, that is like that is, duck, duck, uppercut. <laughs> yeah, wall slam. In a, yeah, it, it's really funny because he's so like disproportionately strong. It's just ridiculous. Is this where the rock bottom is? Yeah, it, it is. It's contract. Very, it's in his yeah. contract. He has to do it all the time, right? Yeah, at least in his first kind of movies, he always had to do them. I mean, he doesn't do it as much now, but like he definitely, like that's one of the main things. Like very early on in the rundown, he gives a very prominent rock bottom to somebody, but. Um, so anyways, so uh, Bobby Cannavale shows up and kind of has him pinned down. But then this is where Nick Jonas is introduced. He saves him. Uh, turns out he is Alex. Um, we will learn that he is the kid from the beginning of the movie who was playing Twisted Metal who got stuck in the game back in 1996. Yeah, because um, it's, it's, it's kind of funny like how that gets discovered because he, he's making these like 90s references like Cindy Crawford and That's the Bomb. Yeah. yeah. Let's get yeah, jiggy with Cindy. it. Yeah, that is really funny. Cindy Crawford's um, like 50. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it when, when Fridge and Spencer kind of stare at each other like, what the hell? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I do like also that they point out that like they don't show you all of uh, Nick Jonas's strengths and weaknesses in the movie. But like one of his weaknesses is like mosquitoes, which he's like, oh, which, by the way, uh, mosquitoes. Fun new new uh, segment in the show. That's the word that I realized I do not know how to spell. All right, let's um, hear it. How'd you spell it? I, oh God, this is bad. <laughs> I spelled it originally M. <laughs> M. Uh, U. Wrong. M U S K E T O. Oh boy. I believe it's uh, and, M-O-S-Q-U-I-T-O-E-S. It, uh, it, I, it's M-O-S-Q-U-I-T-O. I ended up yeah, looking it up yeah. because I was... 
that one I was embarrassed with how bad it looked when I wrote it. I was like, I gotta figure this out. Spellcheck didn't know that, Thelen. <laughs> no, I well, all my notes are handwritten. So um, this is also so where I, we do get the shout out of the original Jumanji movie because there's something scribbled in the hut. Yeah, that, that yeah on the, that says Alan pa- Alan Parrish was here, which that was which Robin is, Williams' character, and and in the beginning of the original Jumanji movie, he is he gets trapped into the game. So. Yeah. And, and I think, and I, like Nick Jonas says, like, it's, this is uh, Alan Parrish's house. I'm just living in it. Yeah. But I did want to point out that one of his strengths uh, is margaritas because he makes <laughs> margaritas for everybody, which I, I think is hilarious. That Reggie gets wasted on those margaritas. Yeah, uh, three marks um, down, he's done. Uh, and, and also at this point, Nick Jonas tells him that, like, he kind of gave up trying to be the game because he, he died already and only had one life left. Um, so they decide that they're going to try and beat the game together. And their next step is, uh, to go to the transportation shed. That's the next, uh, level. Uh, you get that hilarious scene where Jack Black as Bethany is teaching Karen Gillan how to flirt. Now sparkle. (laughs) (laughs) And I put your tongue on the roof of your mouth. And she's like, she's like, you can play it three ways. Dumb, super into it or nasty. (laughs) It's just, um, it, it's a really funny scene. It always makes me laugh. And, uh, I, and, you're, and like you, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I love it when when she starts to actually do it, and they're watching her from a distance. And Kevin Hart's like, "What the hell's wrong with her?" Yeah, he's like, "Because <laughs> she's walking like, all weird. <laughs> like she can't figure like, it out." He's like, "What's wrong with her butt? Like, what's she doing with her butt?" <laughs> and she's like swinging her hair around. He's like, "She have a bug in her hair." Um, but this is also the scene, like you said, where they where Alex thinks it where they basically find out that he thinks it's still 1996 and they have to tell him it's like yeah you've been in the game for 20 years and it yeah. he's kind of shook about it but then like they, they talk they're like hey we're gonna work together and uh get you out of this and then this is where we find out where uh ruby one of ruby roundhouse's skills is dance fighting and we get the scene of her dance fighting right yes and i i do have the song queued up for us so it is a cover of Peter Frampton's Baby I Love You Way. It's a reggae version by Big Mountain. So here's a quick little sample of Baby I Love Your Way. I feel like it gets used so well because it shows up later in the movie as well. So just yeah, it, it 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 really works the scene. And it's a funny scene because she does beat the crap out of those two guys. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, in the uh, transportation shed, like Nick Jonas is kind of freaking out because like he tried it twice before and it didn't work, and he doesn't have the confidence. But they convince him to do it, so they get in the helicopter and they fly the helicopter out of there. Um, it gets damaged on the way out. Like the rotors aren't working right. They get stuck in this, um, like kind of like cavern, I guess, or like, uh, yeah. Valley. Word of, yeah. Valley. What's the word of the Canyon. That's the word I'm looking for. Canyon. <laughs> um, they get stuck in this Canyon. They're being chased by albino rhinos. Um, the rock has to like hang out the side of the helicopter to fix it. And they get out just in time. And then the, the jewel, the jewel falls out of Kevin Hart's backpack. Cause that's like one of like, his Finbar's like thing is that he has, he's a weapons valet. So he has this gigantic backpack that he carries, but it's like, it's so, I really, I always laugh at that scene when it falls out and he's like, oops. And they're like, well, oops. And he's like, Oh, the jewel fell out. And they're like, we need the jewel. And he's like, I, I know that's the funny thing is that I, I know we need it. <laughs> and then I thought I was going to puke, but then I didn't. And then the jewel fell out. So, they're like, well, we got to go back into the duel. So they go back down into the uh, the canyon and they see that like the the uh, the rhinos have all circled it. So they're like, what are we going to do? How are we going to get this? So the rock just 
throws uh, Kevin Hart out of the, the helicopter and all the rhinos chase after him so they can jump down and get the jewel and then they end up like trampling him and kill him. And he comes back and they have to like tilt the helicopter and like grab him as he's falling from the sky. But that, that is really funny when they uh, when he's being chased by those uh, rhinos. It's hilarious. And then when he describes like what he saw afterwards, he's like, I saw shit you shouldn't have seen. And, yeah. oh, <laughs> the other side of a rhino. <laughs> Yeah, it's really funny. So, so they're all happy that they make it. Uh, they make it to the other side of the canyon and all this stuff. But then Nick Jonas gets stung by a mosquito, which is his weakness. So he's going to die because his lives are done. But then, like, Jack Black gives him, like, mouth to mouth and essentially, like, gives uh, him one of his lives to bring him back to life. So now Jack Black's down to one life. Uh, Kevin Hart's down to one life. And Nick Jonas is down to one life. And Jack and Black Jack now Black has a boner. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Black now has a boner. He he's he's got a, a situation, as they say. Yeah, yeah, because because Nick Jonas like gives him a hug, and he gets a boner, and like uh, it's and I think he's like these things are crazy or something. He says like that. Well, I was watching with Avery, and she's like, "What happened?" And I was like, ah! <laughs> "Yeah." Well, that that is funny because I think that you kind of like well, you could probably watch that and like it's definitely there to pick up on. But I think if you were a certain age, you'd watch it and be like, "I don't really get it," you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's funny. He does get a boner. Um, okay. So then we kind of, we're setting up for like the, uh, the, the end scene here. Uh, it is funny when, uh, Spencer and Martha as the, they, tr- they try and kiss, but neither of them know how to do it. So they like the, the rock and, uh, Karen Gillen have that real awkward like kiss that they try and do, which is, uh, uh, pretty funny. But then we get to like the, the last level of the game. They're at the Jaguar statue. Uh, the rock is like, well, there's the elephant statue. I got to climb. So he tries to go through the trees. He gets scared by a squirrel. I think it is. Yeah. It, it falls out of the tree and then gets killed by a Jaguar. <laughs> yeah. Like eats them or something. Yeah. So, uh, then, then they devise a plan. Uh, there's some more dance fighting. Um, they imply that these Jaguars are as fast as motorcycles, which I'm like, I, I think, don't know about that. No, I think Jaguars go like 70 miles an hour, don't they? Are you sure you're not thinking of cheetahs? Like, I know I cheetahs know. are notoriously fast, but... Let's find um, out. <laughs> because they catch Maybe up Maybe they're to slow them. motorcycles. I mean, How fast can you ride a motorcycle through the jungle? Uh, well, it, Jaguar can go 50. Okay, well, maybe. Well, and also, I mean, it's, it's a video game Jaguar, so I'll, I'll give them a break on that. Um... Uh, they they kind of appear like they're getting caught by Bobby Carnavale, but then uh, Kevin Hart shows up on an elephant and show, saves the day with an elephant, I guess. Yeah, he can, like, but talk to the elephant, which I don't know that a zoologist means you can now speak elephant, but he finds a way to and hops on it. Yeah, Dr. Doolittle's so, a zoologist. Because that's Obviously. what he says. That's what he says. Zoology, bitch. <laughs> that's true. He does. He does, yeah. And then, so then they're like... Um, like I, the, the rock drives that motorcycle up that like steep mountain cliff. And I'm like, there's no way he's getting that motorcycle up there, but he does. Um, and so like, they're trying to find the jewel. Cause it got knocked out of like Kevin Hart's hand and like uh, Karen Gillan finds it. And it's in this big thing of like snakes. And one of her things weaknesses is venom. So like Bobby Carnavale is like, but you got to give me the uh, jewel. And he's like, she's like, nah, and lets the snake bite her. So she dies falls out of the sky with the jewel. The rock catches her, grabs the jewel, puts it back where it's supposed to be. But in order, but first nothing happens, but then they remembered, oh, you got to call out Jumanji. So they all yell Jumanji. The curve is lifted. Bobby Cannavale just kind of disintegrates for some reason, like after the curse yeah. is lifted. Um, and yeah, so then they, uh, they uh, Nigel shows back up and they all uh, leave the game. Um and but when they get Spencer back- talks about possibly staying in the game with Martha because yeah. they like the body and the you know yeah. the, what's the word I'm looking for the confidence that yes. that his character yes. gives him. Jack Black goes back. He looks down at his dick and says, "Later, dude." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I like, and then Fridge is like, "See ya!" Like he gets the hell out of there as quick as he yeah, can. Yeah, because I think like Nigel's like, um. He's like, Mouse, I will miss you most of all. <laughs> um, but so they so they show back up in the real world and they can't find uh, Nick Jonas. They're like, well, where's Alex? Where is he? And they're like, well, wait a minute. So they go to his house. At the beginning of the movie, it was all dilapidated because his disappearance, like, like it wrecked his parents. But they get there and it's all nice and everything. And they're very confused. And then, like, 
Alan Hank shows up and that's who Alex is now. And it turns out that when the game spit him out, it basically kicked him back to 1996. So he was able to live his whole life and his parents were fine. Um, and he named his daughter after uh, Bethany because Bethany saved his life. And it's kind of like a sweet reunion. Uh, we cut next to them all at school, like a couple days later. I don't know how long it is, but it's like, <laughs> They, they've had this bond, so they're all friends now, and they're hanging out, and they're kind of busted out of their cliques. Um, uh, Spencer and uh, Martha Kiss, they all, I do like how the movie ends, though, because they all hear those drums, and they all kind of, like, freak out, and then they show, because and, and Fridge drops that bowling ball on the game system yeah. <laughs> that was in the room, and that's it. That's the end. They, they crush the game system, and then you hear, Welcome to the Jungle yeah. by Guns N' Roses. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and it is kind of interesting because they do end up making a sequel to this, but they, I mean, they, they had to, I mean, cause it made so much money, but it, it, it's kind of interesting because they do, like, it ends in a way where it's like, all right, well they destroyed it. So maybe there won't be one, you know? Yeah. I remember not caring for the sequel nearly as much as the first movie. Do you guys, have you guys, I mean, you guys saw, said you've seen this one a lot. Have you seen the second I, one a lot? I have only ever seen the second one once. I saw it in the theaters, yeah. and that's it. And I, I've always kind of meant to watch it again, but I don't remember having the same kind of feeling for it as I did. Like, I don't remember it being bad, but I also don't remember, like, walking out of the movie and liking it as much as this one. I agree. I also only saw it once, I mean, I would at the same time. <laughs> I would like to revisit it at some point just to watch it again and just be, cause I do like this one so much that I just kind of, I know that they add like Danny DeVito and like, uh, Danny, Danny, Danny Glover. Glover into yeah. it and stuff. So I don't know. I need to revisit it cause I have only ever seen it the one time, but, um, yeah. Uh, so any kind of, uh, random stuff anyone wants to talk about, uh, as far as like knowledge or facts or anything we didn't cover and, uh, kind of going through it. I know they filmed a lot of the Jumanji scenes, uh, like the actual, like when they're in Jumanji were filmed in Hawaii. A lot of the other stuff is filmed, I think in Atlanta, like the schools and the neighborhoods and stuff like that. I will add, uh, cause I always like to add the accolades that, uh, Dwayne Johnson won two awards for this movie, the kids <laughs> choice award and the teen choice award for movie actor. Um, uh, and then it also won the Kids' Choice Award for the favorite movie. So look uh, out. Well, you know, and I guess I do have another uh, uh, another role reversal. Uh, was that they said that uh, Shailene Woodley uh, was uh, originally cast as Ruby Roundhouse in this movie. Like, cast, but then she had to drop out because of uh, scheduling conflicts with that show, Big Little Lies. So then they cast Karen Gillen. But that's kind of, I mean, I don't know if she would have worked better. I think Karen Gillen's great in this movie, but... Um, yeah. That's interesting. Also, there's a random fact in here where it says that Colin Hanks' father, Tom Hanks, was considered for the role of Alan Parrish in the original Jumanji. But like, I feel like there was that would have been weird. Yeah, I I also I also feel like there's a stretch of time when Tom Hanks is probably just considered for every role. So like, I'm sure there's a period in the '90s where like every movie was like, maybe we get Tom Hanks for this, you know? So I don't I don't know if that's necessarily a a startling fact, if you will. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have anything else. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of looking to make sure that uh, I don't like a lot of a lot of the stuff that was like like one of the facts they talked about was like the first Jumanji movie to be rated PG-13. It's like, well, there was one only one other one, so I don't know if that's I don't know if that's really really a fact. Uh, they do, and this is one thing that I don't remember the original one well enough is that apparently, like in the first movie, there's that uh, that big game hunter who's out who's trying to get. Uh, Rob Williams, his name is Van Pelt. So that's like oh, Bobby Cannavale's character being named Van Pelt. It's kind of like a homage to that. Um, and, and apparently there's a lot of like uh, uh, Wizard of Oz kind of like, uh, like they play like, I guess if you listen closely, they play like somewhere over the rainbow a lot, you know, and it's kind I of never like, heard it. I no. never heard it either, but they say they played a lot. And they also point out that, um, the thing that uh, Nigel says to Fridge before he sends him back is that uh, I'll miss you the most. And that's like the same thing that like Dorothy says to the scarecrow before she goes back mm-hmm. to Kansas. So I guess there's, a, and I guess it kind of makes sense, you know, like they're in like a, a different world. And yeah. so I guess there's yeah. a lot of allusions to it. I've never picked up on it, but they, they talk a lot about it. So, um, but yeah, that, that's all I really had. I, I think we're probably ready to rate this. Then. Yeah, I think so. Okay. 
we're, Hopefully we're that's gonna, enough time for LPJ when he edits this. We're gonna assume we're gonna assume you guys heard some <laughs> <machine> <laughs> <guns>. <laughs> There we go. Yeah. If you didn't hear machine guns, then that was just an awkward pause. So uh <laughs> Jody, as the guest, uh you obviously have the option to go first, or you can uh kick the can down the road to one of us. I can go first. Um like I said, I've seen bits and pieces of this lots of times, and I've seen the whole thing multiple times. I enjoy it. It makes me laugh every time I watched it. I didn't, I watched it all in one sitting, which is odd for watching a movie for me. I'm more of a TV show type of guy, <laughs> but so I think I'm going to give this one four pieces of Kevin rock or Kevin Hart's exploding cake. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Continuing your tradition of never going with machine guns. Uh, what about you? Sphinx? Uh, I'm going to have to agree with Jody. I, I really do enjoy this movie. It's, this movie knows exactly what it is, and it plays off it perfectly. Like, this movie is not intended to be serious. I mean, it's it's a video game, game board movie. You know, <laughs> like, what we're not expecting Oscar quality here, you know? Um, but it is. It's fun. It's hilarious. The actors do a, a way better job than it probably needed to be. Um, but it, it's just a fun fun indiana jones like action adventure-ish movie uh so i'll totally give it for machine guns yeah yeah i i'm right there with you guys i i, I love this movie uh like jody said i i've seen it a million times and i always still laugh at parts i always find it entertaining the the performances by all the 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 adult leads are so good the way that they kind of infuse the personality of the teenagers into their performances um it, it's got some good action in it it it's a really good way to kind of update a movie without, you know, like not just make, Oh, we just didn't remake it or we just didn't do the same thing. Like, I think it's a really cool concept that they took and like made it put a modern twist on it. And I think it works really well. And I, I forever will love watching this movie. So I'll, I'll give it four machine guns as well. Yeah. Uh, Jody, got anything to plug for us? Yeah. I think I'm going to plug the discord, the food channel on there. I love the food <laughs> channel. Okay. And one specific person I'm gonna plug the glitch. Oh, he uh, one of the hosts of last or the Legend of Retro, and I'm gonna say enough chops. So <laughs> we're gonna give it to the glitch. <laughs> I do think at this point you have been on a couple of times recently. I think you may have finally passed chops in most appearances on the Last Action Podcast. I'm a little worried about Dave. <laughs> Dave is enough creeping up. Dave. Well, Dave's just a really good pinch hitter. He's seen everything. He has a lot to say, and he's always available. So I'm sorry. It's true. Um, well, you mentioned the Discord, Jody, but I'll also say that we do have Patreon.com. Uh, so if you go to Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media uh, and you want to help us out a bit, we have a $1 a month tier, uh, which is just kind of like a nice little thank you. And then we have a $5 tier, which actually gives you uh, some extra perks uh, all of our shows on GameZilla Media uh, come up with a bonus show that you can actually listen to. Uh, here on Last Action, we do the post credit scene where we talk about um, pretty much anything involving action movies. It's usually not tied to a particular movie in particular, just things that we find interesting and yeah. fun. J- Jody, Jody, you've been on a couple post credit scenes, I think, right? I have. I did uh, Action Court with you. I We did a G.I. Joe one. Yeah, most of them. Most famously, you judged uh, Action Court, and somehow you ruled in LPJ's favor. Although, you know what? I think Sphinx, it's because it grinds your gears, is why. Well, well Sphinx, Sphinx will agree with you, too, because I think he hated the Thomas Jane Punisher more than LPJ. So. Correct. I didn't see, and I don't hate the movie. I just think he did a better job of arguing than okay, you did. Okay, let's not get into this debate again. I'm going to have, a, I'm gonna have like, a retrial. I like that this is now like almost two, or it is like two years old, this debate, and. Hovercraft Joe still can't let it go. It still irks him that much. Yeah, I'd still, it still, it still does. And I would still record another post credit scene. When we did that, how long ago it was, it wasn't even called the post credit scene when we did that. No. It was just our extra show. I would do another one in a heartbeat and try and make a more convincing case. But I want a different judge. Jody can't judge the same case twice. We got to bring in somebody else. <laughs> I think um, that, anyways, uh, also back to the Patreon. If you want to join Patreon and you're fi- and you want to join the five dollar, make sure you say it's because you want to watch listen to Mighty Ducks too. That's true. Think uh, how much it's going to make LPJ angry? 
It's and true. Then just he did, pay those five dollars. He did throw down the gauntlet a couple episodes ago, where he said if there was how many people is it? Four people. Four people. The, four people became five dollar patrons, and they specifically said in the Discord that they became a five dollar patron because they want us to cover Mighty Ducks two. That we would do it. So that is still on the board. Uh, I don't know where we're at with that, but it's still uh, an option for anybody. If you want us to cover Mighty Ducks 2, become a $5 patron. Uh, LPJ didn't stipulate how long you had to be a $5 patron for. <laughs> so at least become a $5 patron until we do the episode, right? Have any of you watched that uh, Disney Plus Mighty Duck show? It's not bad. I like it. I, I watched the I first episode. I watched the first episode and was kind of like, this is all right. And then I kind of like got distracted and I haven't, I, I didn't think it was horrible and I might eventually go back and watch some more of it, but I, I only watched the first episode. Yeah. I watched it with my kids. They really enjoyed it. So yeah, it's fun. And it's, you know, it's a lot of bring backs to the, you know, the, the movies and all that. So I watched, I watched the first episode of Loki and I really like that. So uh, I have not gotten to that yet. Oof, I, I have get not to either. Cause oh. Lauren's like, I want to watch Loki. I was like, no. you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. My, my, wife also, my wife also wants to watch Loki. Her and I, we did watch The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I found out, I finally asked her like halfway through. I'm like, why are you watching this with me? And she's like, I think Anthony Mackie and uh, Sebastian Stan are hot. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Fair well, enough. All right. There, there you go. <laughs> but um, All right. Well, uh, Jody, thanks so much for being on. Yeah, it's a great, I feel like though, you know, Thanks for having me. here's, here's the thing about when Jody's on, we listed all those movies. He's usually on for really good movies. Like I, I can't think of too many duds that you've been on for Jody. Like, I have some duds out there that we I'd like to do. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> we but, just haven't uh, done them yet. Yeah. But I'm just saying for the most part, like, I feel like you've been on more good movies than bad movies, which a lot of people can't say as guests on the on the show, good so. movies. Death yeah. Race, Young Guns 2. Solid yeah. movies right there. Especially Chops, enough with him. Yes. Every um, time his ass is on the show, I get tortured. So Yeah, I will still forever love the fact that you thought that uh, Chops picked Spawn and were so mad at him. And it was like, no, I, I picked it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, thanks again, Jody. And uh, with that, this episode of The Last Action Podcast has been terminated. Fuck. We'll be back.